0: Welcome to the um, steering committee of the Franklin For All project, what we we lovingly call the EDC Plus uh, committee meeting for March 22nd, 2023. The time is 6.02 and I'd like to call the meeting to order. All citizens are welcome to attend public board and committee meetings in person. The meetings will also be live streamed by Franklin TV and shown on Comcast Channel 11 and Verizon Channel 29. Additionally, in an effort to maximize citizen engagement opportunities, citizens will be able to continue to participate remotely via phone or Zoom. The link for the for the zoom for Zoom is is on the agenda on the town website. You can call in at 1929-205-6099. I think I'm starting to remember it. Um, <laughs> meeting ID number is six. 6- Eight six zero one one nine seven three five three one, and then press the pound. That's not what's on the screen. That's not what's on the screen. Okay. All right. Well, don't use the one on the. Well, which one is correct? The one <laughs> on the screen. The one on the packet.
1: One on the screen.
0: The one on the screen is correct. Okay. Eight. The number is eight eight one, eight two one six. Six nine four six, and then press pound. I got it. Okay. With me tonight in chambers is uh, Beth Weirling and Greg Rondo from the Planning Board. My fellow colleagues on the Town Council, Kobe Frangillo and Patrick Sheridan, and on Zoom uh, we have Bruce Hunschig from the ZBA. Okay. Are we ready? Do you yep. want to? Yes. Do you want to go first, or yep. do we want to make sure that?
1: Uh, Bruce gets the um Bruce oh, you can start. I get we're gonna cool. we're, I mean, Bruce will get this stuff so okay um, uh, madam chair with, with uh, the absence of uh, Amy and uh, Gus for a moment um, just to give a quick overview which will give Bruce a little bit of a clue um, I think for the last few weeks um, uh, Brian and Amy and Gus and Ri and other folks on the first floor have tried to uh, I think synthesize some of the comments we've heard, both at these meetings and um, you know, from other folks as well, as also continue to contemplate and look um, at um, what the options are for EVUs based on what other communities are doing. Uh, before you tonight, I just want to make sure the record reflects, because I know it wasn't in the packet, and everybody will take a couple minutes to read it. Okay. Bruce. But um, before you uh, is a packet of proposals that the staff put together. um, And actually, uh, I will admit, um, I really had nothing to do with this, which was great. Um, And I'm not trying to blow it off, but I thought it was great that, um, and I mean this, that that Brian and Gus in particular, and Amy and everybody on the first floor really, um, for the last several weeks have really worked hard to do a lot more research and look at what might be feasible in Franklin I think kind of like the inclusionary zoning debate, I think this is one of these proposals before everybody hopefully that um, you know, takes a, a big step forward but also isn't, isn't doing the Hail Mary uh, attempt. So before the committee tonight is a proposal which is three separate, um, three separate uh, resolutions, if you will, uh, drafts. Um, one on a definition The second uh, bylaw proposal um, is uh, amendments to the use table, which is actually an amendment to the accessory use table, not the principal use table, but the accessory use table, just for folks watching at home, there is a difference. And the staff have added uh, an accessory dwelling residential unit uh, proposal to that line item. And then the third uh, part is also a um, is a, a bylaw amendment um, in uh, um, in town code in section 185-19 um, adding a sixth uh, setback requirement for uh, accessory dwelling units. Um, so now that I've delayed enough um, for and talk slow with a lot of ums, uh, just for enough time for Brian and Gus and Amy to get back into the chamber. Um, uh, Madam Chair, I pass it back over to you and the staff to walk through, uh, maybe Gus and Amy can just walk through the substance of all this and some of the rationale, and I think Bruce will uh, I think Bruce will pick this up very quickly. Thank you. Okay. Thank you,
0: Jamie. Yep. I think you should go to Gus or Amy, whoever wants to start, and let us know what you were thinking while you wrote all this stuff down.
2: Okay. I'm going to stand up. I just- Yeah. You off. can stand up. I just concocted this the last uh, half hour <laughs> because we, it's been a last minute thing for all of us to make sure that we get in front of you when we have a yep. good presentation. Are you, what are you, this that so you So no, I miss? have, this is, my, this is my script. Okay, okay. <laughs> I don't have it for you, sorry. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, this typo, sorry this, this typo, that's why. Anyways, good evening folks, um, Madam Chair and the rest of the committee. Thank you for welcoming me and uh, mm-hmm. listening to me. Um, the last few weeks, the staff has spent a good amount of time discussing the best way to present a guide that best creates a working ADU bylaw for the town of Franklin. The process made us come up with hopefully what we think will get us across, this, across the finish line tonight. Sorry, I'm out of breath, i running. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it's okay.
0: Take a breath, deep breath.
2: Our proposal starts out by requiring a CBA permit in all zones for an ADU. Before you roll your eyes, hear me out. And please take notes, okay? In the denser zones, if someone wants it, an ADU, it is allowed by right. And the reason it's allowed by right in the denser zones is because a two family is allowed by right. We don't differentiate the two. They're very similar. They were in-laws. I think we're gonna get to an ADU bylaw in the future here, so I correlate the two. And please stop me if you need me to explain further because I just did this, and I wanna make sure everybody's clear on what I'm saying. Basically, because basically an ADU is an apartment, and apartments all multis are allowed in those zones, those denser zones, the downtown areas. We will talk about setbacks in a minute. And again, stop me if I'm not explaining clearly. We're out of breath. It's um, <laughs> a Patrick's point. Um, ADUs that are that are in basements or at or in attics in those areas can be very attractive. Maybe even look at the non-detached structure, such as these intensive zones, as not needing a special permit. The real concern here is the outlying zones where I think our ideas are a good compromise to any objections you have. We believe that the ZBA special permit permit criteria has worked in the past, and I will continue to see that all needs are met with my recommendations to all, or all to Mr. and Mrs. Jones that come into my office. Sorry, Juan. Um, He's <laughs> not here today, okay. I ruined my clutch <laughs> 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 That's why I said, where's Glenn? Glenn, 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 Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> I originally struggled over open space subdivisions or 40B subdivisions in relation to the setbacks of detached ADUs. As you know, in those areas of town, we allow for reduction in zoning setbacks. And the thought of a, build, of a 900 square foot building, or ADU, next to our neighbors in these reduced areas would be reckless zoning. But I have a solution for that. I take a personal approach to every individual situation because as, because as I put my, on my homeowner's hat, I believe that that makes me better at my job if I look at it through, the eyes and through their eyes and their neighbor's eyes. And that approach would be to explain to someone in those rural areas that my recommendation would be to place that ADU in a sweet spot on the property. A perfect example of this is the ADU that sits on the corner of Heather Drive. I believe it's Heather Drive, right? Colby? Near you? On Maple Street. Heather Heather, Heather, Lane. Heather Lane. A perfect example of that is the ADU that sits on the corner of Heather Lane and Maple Street. The homeowner and I work through the process and it's a testament that it meets all the needs they have. Our ZBA board has the ability to impose greater or lesser restrictions on all special permits they vote on. And the bottom line is I've seen one of denied in my 25 years here. We can impose lesser restrictions later, but imposing um, more restrictions later is not what anyone wants to hear. And as always, my door is always open to any questions that anyone has. That's it. Does anyone have any questions
0: for Gus? <coughs> no? I think, I think, well, I think Councilor Frangillo does.
1: Will, yeah. Yeah. I know, we're just, just like could, reading through it. Could, <laughs> uh, I'm sure maybe Brian or Gus, maybe all could just walk through the okay. substance. Okay, sorry, good. I know. Part of this has been, um, you know, it's a serious issue, I think, for all of you, all of us. Um, if we get it wrong, you know, that can be trouble. And so I think Gus's remarks kind of, I think, uh, illustrate the complexity of this. And, yeah, you know, we were at the MMA conference um, when Christine Medore spoke from the city of Salem. She's the council president there, also Uh, a very well-respected housing advocate, and the seriousness of this is they gave up in Salem. And I was shocked to hear that, and I was shocked to hear that they had PTSD, her quote, not mine, um, from the experience. So I think it speaks to the anxiety that comes through this issue. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, like I said earlier, I wasn't really invited to work on this, which is great, because I think it speaks to the sensitivity and seriousness the staff are taking this, and I think that it speaks to Gus's comments just a moment ago. But um, there's some really good stuff here, and so maybe they want to walk through it if you
3: want that. Sure. Maybe? I don't know. Who. Thank you. Um, so, the past several weeks, all three of us here have kind of been working through uh, the changes, took in from the last UBC meeting the comments that were made here, um, and tried to incorporate as many as possible to come up with. A good definition. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got three file in front of us tonight. There's the definition, there's the use table, and then there's accessory setbacks. So we want to um, just start with a few changes we've done with the definition. Mm-hmm. I know that um, there was talk about adding size, there was talk about whether it's um, a single family or two families. We've included two family. Um, we've also um, added in this is part of Brutus, um, our DPW superintendent and director, um, that any public utilities um, should be shared with the main house. We have no separate public utilities allowed on the lot. Um, that's coming from him. Um, so that's kind of the first section when you read through the definitions. The second bylaw that we came up with calling it fee. We originally had the use schedule within the multifamily use schedule. Okay. So we've now moved it to 185 Attachment 8, um, which is accessory uses, mm-hmm. and we've added in accessory dwelling residential unit. Um, and in this use table, you'll see where we did, and I think just talked a little bit about this. We are requiring special permit in all zones for this. Um, one of the explanations behind that is. You know, you may have a single family, and you may be allowed a two-family um, under the multifamily one. But if you have a two-family and you want an accessory dwelling unit, then that's going to be a special permit through the ZBA. Um, so that that was the changes there. The third bylaw in front of you is really just um, adding. We added in number six. Um, this is accessory buildings and structures. Um, this is just to address the unit um, the with their setbacks, how they comply to the setback table. I think that's pretty much what we have in front of you. Greg.
4: I, I just have a couple quick questions. And uh we're of Gus, um, the, ch- the two family, do you think that's going to trigger a lot of in-use um, coming in? I'm a little leery of the two-family. I like the
2: single-family, just the two-family, I don't want it to because self-implode I mean, into something Yeah, I mean, that's deployed. the way we set this up. Um, certainly have more discussion about it, I think. Um, again, we can always um, tweak it if we have to. But I think what's been presented is a, a good working ADU bylaw um, to get this possibly on the books. And and if it needs to be tweaked, is that something that could be done along the way? Are you yeah.
0: asking? I'm asking, no, any, I'm asking anyone. Mark or you know, Jamie? Of course,
2: or? It, of course it can. Sure.
4: OK. Well, yeah. So it gives us the opportunity. Obviously it gives us the opportunity. I just don't want to open up the walls garage or
2: right. two. I, I think the Patrick's point that's been brought up several times is the attic of a two family, the basement of a two family, probably more so attics than, than some of the older buildings in town have, have tough tough basements. <laughs> you, know, you may not want to have an ADU in there and then there's the egress issues too. You know, you, you gotta chop a hole, you know, you're a contract, you gotta chop a hole in a a uh, field foundation which is not easy for the egress windows. So yeah. I think these open up um, in the downtown possible potential attic third units. Okay. You know the building code's gonna weigh in heavily mm-hmm. yeah. which that's not what we're here for, but just to just to throw that out too. Garages. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
5: And then
4: uh, I, I just had one more quick question in reference the the distance off the lot lines, the height it's proportionate to the distance to the midline of the roof. A hundred
2: percent, Yes. yes. Yeah. So,
4: okay, that's I just wanted to confirm the that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay, great. All right. that, that's all I have, thank you. You're welcome.
6: Beth. Thanks, uh, I kind of feel along the same lines as Greg on the two families. However, feel a little bit more comfort in knowing that the building code will dictate whether a lot of these can occur in Two family or not, so if we go down that line of allowing in two families, um, you know, I guess that that's you know, it is what it is if it's building code related, so not my preference, but I'm not going to stop it saying no, what's necessary. Um, like the definition, I'm pleased to see the changes that were made based on our last conversation. So thanks, guys, for doing that. Um, do have a question on the changes on the, let's see. Um, let's see. Uh, 185.19. So we talk about, Number five, no accessory buildings for structures of any size shall be closer than ten feet to any principal building. But what about a detached building and having an accessory building that has a- Closer than ten foot setback? Not any farther than- Further? From, yeah. So if you, what is the- what is the number of feet that can be between two structures before, you know, you have to sprinkle a building, it so 15 feet or 20 feet?
2: A really good saying. question. Um, the building code allows for up to five, they can be as close as five feet, and it's also the property line too, mm-hmm. Beth. Which I'm sure you know that too. And um, yeah, it, that's a great question.
6: So I would suggest that we add in something that's no more than the number of feet between property bad uh, drag <laughs> <laughs> she drew a
2: picture? <laughs> really
6: bad, to drew a picture. my <laughs> eyes on it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you have um, two properties and a home here that's thinking of putting in the accessory dwelling unit. My thought is that, you know, the home owner could say, you know what, I understand the cost of utilities, and to run utilities can be pricey, you can run them farther away, but your home, could be 10 feet off the property line way in the back of your large property. However, 10 feet off the property line could be closer to your butter mm. than it could be to your actual home. And mm. I think that the accessory dwelling should be as close as possible to your physical home mm. versus your budding property. Right. So my suggestion would be adding in a limitation to the distance um, no more than the number of feet from primary structure, and that number to me is the number B that-
2: Well, that's a great comment, fire. because if someone comes for a building permit, and we don't have that written in the bylaws, it's gonna be a surprise. Mm-hmm. right. Good point. Can you send me that in an email? The picture? Just <laughs> everything. <laughs> all, right. uh, no. all
4: of
7: it. All of it. All of it. New construction. New
6: construction. I'm, okay. not, I'm not necessarily right. talking about the right? existing yeah. structure that's, a, that's going to be converted. I'm talking if you're building something new, I'd like to see some sort of... Yeah.
0: Uh, some kind of um, a little um, regulation so that it's not completely far away from you and too close to your neighbor, That's really what you're
8: thinking, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, how do we safeguard that neighbor a little bit? Right? Yeah. But um, you, Brian. Brian wants to talk I'll about that. I would love to speak for um, one go minute. Go First of all, the um, the distance from the primary residence, um, if building code says you need a it, that's building code issue, and it's not a zoning issue. Okay, so that is kind of covered. If it's not required, it's not required. As far as the um, the third of the bylaws there where you are into uh, 185 um, <clears throat> with the setbacks, the, the setback, now let's just say for a minute that you have your, it's in C1, you're not C, in, C, in C1, commercial one zone, where the setbacks, according to the chart, pretty much zero, right? Okay, so therefore the other, the 10 feet applies. But if you have a, uh, a setback of 20 feet or 40 feet or whatever the case may be, that applies. So um, it is the same as the primary structure, the, the actual feet, so there, it's covered already in that respect. But I do understand if you have a large lot, um, you want the, financial reasons, nothing else. Um, You'd want that uh, ADU uh, closer to the building, but if they have a a, a 300 foot long drive and they want to put it 100 foot in the the woods, and they can actually afford to do so, and they're not breaking any of our rules, regulations, whatever the case may be there, then I don't see any reason why we have to regulate that. Um, I I do understand what you're saying. You don't want, the ADU should not be real close to somebody else's home. Mm -hmm. However, um, it would be by special permit, and they're gonna have to prove to ZBA that that's the best place essentially for that, and the next door neighbor, if they're unhappy with it, has the right to come out and and state that they don't like placement of the property and please move it away from my home. So I don't think we really need the words in there. I, I do understand the concept, but I, I, I think we're pretty much covered the way the way it's written. And, yeah. okay,
6: just my thought, but no, I. You, no, I. Um, I, just, I want you
8: to keep giving us yeah. your thoughts because they're usually <laughs> pretty good. In the case this, and this one is also just that I think um, that subsection six kind of covers that. It, 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 it's either a ten-foot setback like or the height of the, the, the building, which maybe is 12 or 15 feet or whatever the case may be in the height, that's a setback that's required now for any uh, accessory dwelling, or not dwelling, but accessory structure. But if it's an accessory dwelling unit, it's either that or what's zoned, what's in the zoning um, uh, dimensional regulation, whichever is greater. So if it can't be 10 feet unless it happens to be C1 or something where 10 feet is the actual dimension. No, I
6: I completely Mm -hmm. understand that because my point is just saying that, you know, it it could be be the setback from the sidewalk line could be be 40 feet, but you have 80 feet from your house, and it's going to be closer to my neighbor than it is my house. I just don't think that's reasonable, personally.
0: Um, Mark has a comment. Okay, so I'm going to go to Mark. About this? Yes. Okay. So the special permit
5: criteria, special permit reference, the existing criteria one of them specifically is number, height, bulk, location, and siting of buildings and structures will not result in abutting properties being deprived of light or fresh air circulation are being exposed to flooding is subjected to excessive noise, odor, light, vibration, or airborne particulates. So that's one of the specific site, psych- uh, special permit criteria already in place. Okay, so that's like you can't be too close and yeah. be too So noisy. That's, that's somebody who's applying for a special permit, that's one of their burdens is satisfying that requirement. Okay. Which goes to
0: directly to the concerns
9: uh,
0: the death is okay, and that's why it's special permit all across, so that they have to go through, right? You correct. 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 <laughs> okay. Um, okay, guys. real quick, yeah. real quickly. Sorry. It's, you okay. Ma- it's okay. It's okay. okay. Ma- yeah, ma- I don't know he has a
2: question in Bruce, we'll but we'll get to it. Sorry. sorry. Um, to be Madam Chair, i still like that because that's helpful when I review the permit because it's a unique situation. So if you could still send that to me, that would be great. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things is like we, um, we have you here with us now, mm-hmm. Gus, but we want to make sure that um, if somebody steals you and you start, to, you start working for Bellingham, nope. we want to make sure that the next building inspector knows how to follow the regulations that we have in
2: yes. place. All kidding aside, Madam Chair, that was brought up today too because take this very seriously. I know I joke around a lot, but yeah. it's a very serious thing because you want it to be carried through.
0: Yeah, right. yes. And we want to, we want longevity and sustainability in this pro- from this process yeah. as well, right? So um, we want to make sure that whoever's in your position can do what you do, I know that's almost impossible, but. <laughs> <Aww. Aww>. Yeah, <laughs>
2: I'm gonna go
0: with Kobe. Quiet. <laughs> I Just want to say I think this is a really great step forward and that we can move along with it. Thank you, Beth. Yep. Kobe, did you want to say
10: something? Well, I had, I had the comment, but Brian is why we pay Brian because Brian said everything that I said. Okay. I think it's covered by. Uh, the fact that it still has to conform to the current uh, zoning, right? If that's
11: less than 10 feet. Right.
10: And so, if it just conforms to current zoning and we would allow them to build the original house there anyway, then why would we care if we build their second house there? We already change, change the zoning if you think they're too close, but um, I don't think we do. So, uh, just, it, just, it just felt like unnecessary language, but I immediately thought. I do have other questions. Um, that was just the only urgent one, and was, I don't know if Bruce beat the next. You uh, know, <laughs> uh, you have the floor, cool. so you can you can go. Ahead. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. Thank. you. I mean, this 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 is fantastic in so many ways, right? Like you added to the, to the definition. Um, you have thought through um, some of the key pieces. Um, I think they're very you know uh, reasonable uh, restrictions. I uh, have two main questions. Um, one is. Yeah, what happens with existing non-conforming buildings? Uh, Right, if a home already exists within the setback, uh, I personally think that they should have as much of a right as anyone else to uh, convert to maybe you. Certainly not build a new structure, but if there's an existing structure that's uh,
2: non-conforming, it seems like they should have as much of a right as anyone to build there. We always have. It's always been approved. Again, in my, um, my memo, one's been denied in my 25 years. I think the difference was is it required it to be a relative. And if we're headed in the direction that it doesn't have to be a relative, then not much is going to change, so to speak, if that makes sense. Uh,
10: just in terms of how we lay this out, right, that it has to be either 10 feet. It, it's really a question. Like, I just don't know, how does this interpret uh, buildings that are already located <laughs> too close? To- right. it, de-
2: it would depend on if the ADU is detached and it mm-hmm. meets the criteria, then that one's a kind of a no-brainer. But if it, if it doesn't meet it, which is a great question, it would be a variance, too. And that, and DBA has done that in the past. It's a combination of a special permit and a variance for ADUs, or in-laws, sorry. And I believe Fran, the gentleman that, I probably shouldn't say his name, but the, the gentleman that lives on the corner of Heather and uh, Maple Street, I believe that might have been a variance and a special permit, too. Well, so they are granted, if that answers your question. Yeah,
10: okay, I think it does. I think I just don't like the answer.
2: Um, but tell me, what,
10: yeah. So uh, that the need for a variance for an existing right—if you already have, A, if your if your home is already within, not conforming, it's, right. it's already not conforming, yep. and you want to convert that to a basement, you want to convert your basement to a dwelling. Right. I think what I'm hearing is that that triggers the need to then get a variance. To not say if
2: it's a that. basement. Not if it doesn't change the footprint. Footprint. With, and and this is town-wide, whether it's an ADU or not, town-wide, if you have a non-conforming lot and you don't get any closer to the lot line than the existing structure already is, let's say it's a 20-foot setback but the non-conformity shows a 10-foot setback to the principal structure, yeah. if you don't get any closer to that 10 feet even though it's non-conforming, you would need a variance because we created a bylaw several years ago that took the bog-down ability of trying to get someone through boards, which I, I am very sensitive about, they took it away and I issued a permit. So in the case of a variance, if it was an attached ADU, but it didn't meet the setbacks, but it was as far away as the non conforming house, then it's a no-brainer. Okay, so if, you know? it's,
10: if it's a conversion, that's if it's a conversion of a non conforming building, then that doesn't need
2: a variance. As long as you don't get any close, right. Right. To answer answer the short question, you're right. I almost need a drawing.
11: (laughs) 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 We do, I think we need But
2: Yeah, but I guess the best way to describe it is a variance is only needed to get closer to a lot line than you already are. So if I have a house that's got a 10 foot setback, and my ADU is 11 feet that I'm adding on, no variance, because you're you're still yeah. further away than that original <coughs> non-conforming building. Now, if you did it 9 feet, like you couldn't fit that ADU any in any other way. And this is across the board. Again,
10: I'm not talking about. Th- that's helpful. Sorry, I'm not, not trying to go off. But I'm not I'm not asking about new buildings. I'm just saying I, like the
2: existing. I lines. am too. I'm talking about yeah. if it was a. If it's an ADU that's attached to the principal structure, no variance is needed provided you're as far away from the lot line as the existing structure.
0: Okay, we're gonna go to, I think Brian wants to help answer.
8: (laughs) It's just uh, another way to look at it uh, is you have a primary use, okay? It's on on a non-conforming lot, okay? you put something accessory to that primary use in the building, it's allowed. If you're going to build something outside that's not in the primary primary structure, which is a garage or anything else, then you have to deal with the the setbacks that we're talking about in here, right? And if you can't meet that you need a
10: benefits. Yes. What if the accessory structure, a shed, is, uh, is non conforming, right? It's within 10 feet or whatever, but that's already permitted and allowed to be there, and they want to convert that to an ADU. Do they need a bearing? The way I look at
8: it, I'm not the zoning enforcement officer, so I'm, but if the way I would interpret it, if I were, is that structure is not a single-family building. It's an accessory to it, Mm
12: -hmm.
8: okay? Um, But now you want an accessory to an accessory. I think you're getting, it's getting too messy. You want something specifically accessory to the single family dwelling. And that, if that building is a garage that's been there a long time, but it happens to be four feet from the next door neighbor, now you're going to turn it into a accessory dwelling unit, you need a variance. In my opinion, it's not just through the special permit process. That is, that would be needing a variance, and that's the way it's written up, so. um, It doesn't say the word variance, but that's what the next step is, it doesn't mean this. Jamie, do you you have a question?
1: Through you, Madam Chair. Councilor Frangillo brings up a real-life scenario that we're going to confront at some point, no question. I think the one point is the ZBA is already in charge of the process for the accessory dwelling unit. Variances are not uncommon, right? This is not, right? So I think part of this is like almost like the building, this conversation, it's almost like Council Fragillo is the homeowner asking the building commissioner, this is exactly what we envision, Mm -hmm. right? Is the homeowner applying for an A.D.U and having this kind of conversation about the unique characteristics of that parcel, of that shed, seven feet, five feet, what do the abutters say, right? Um, So there is a process in place, I think, through this where where if somebody's gonna go for an accessory dwelling unit before the Board of Appeals anyway, it's just streamlined to add in a variance if, if we feel like that could happen. I don't think this is a major administrative hurdle or a large confrontational issue I think this is exactly how I envision the discourse between, <laughs> between a homeowner asking for an ADU and having this kind of conversation with the homeowner and saying, well, you know, you're officially seven feet, you're not 10, you're going to have to apply for a variance. It's just part of the paperwork. But the, I don't think the variance or the non conforming lot is going to necessarily be the make it or break it of the ADU the fact that someone's turning a shed possibly into an ADU may not be kosher with the, with the neighbors. It may be near a swamp. It may have been built inappropriately. We're going to find that some shed doesn't have a building permit, (laughs) right? And so, and so, and so I think that's actually the nexus of this. It's almost like the building commissioner is essentially a tech review, review of what each individual homeowner might be. And instead of trying to referee and put into legislation how to accommodate every possible hypothetical scenario that could come down the road, this is exactly the kind of conversation we're envisioning between the homeowner and the building commissioner before they apply, and maybe also the staff as well. I don't want to say, you know, also not Brian or or Bree Kalai or someone else, but almost having that conversation before they apply so that when they do really apply, everything is already in order, and they know exactly the ZBA. Then knows exactly what that person needs in order to make that ADU successful. Okay. I have no doubt in my mind. There's going to be a few that aren't going to win, right? There's going to be some that just don't work,
12: mm-hmm.
1: and it's just that's just the way it is. And sometimes today, things just don't work. So I think actually this highlights I think exactly. I hope why the process would be good because it gives the building commissioner and the homeowner, in this case, Council Frangillo, just for illustrative example, maybe Mr. Jones if if they were here, but you know, this is exactly what I think we envision. What are the steps needed to get that done? I think we're going to find out also maybe they need to get building permits for a structure before they go apply for an EDU, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe there's some other stuff out there that they need to clean up on their parcel first um, and so I think while it may slow the process down a little bit, I think to your point, Council Hamlin, a few moments ago, this is the way you get ADUs to be successful, right? Which makes people hopefully support them more and build a product that people are willing to support for neighbors or, or whatever. So, um, I appreciate the, the few minutes. Thank okay. you. Okay, all right, I think it's like really important
0: for the homeowner, Councilor, Councilor Fragillo, to be able to. Know exactly what is expected of him, or yes, her, yeah. right? And so that's that's what this process is. That's right. what we're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Do
0: you want to go to Bruce? Or do you want? Do you have uh, I have question? a whole bunch more. <laughs> Maybe we can like talk about it a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I'd, love, I'd love. Okay. Sure, sure. Hey, Bruce.
1: You froze.
0: We can't hear you.
1: He frogs. Yeah. (laughs) He's
0: in Florida. He froze. All right. Well, you know what? We'll just leave it. Okay. (laughs) That's what happens when you're in your greenhouse (laughs) in
3: Florida. (laughs) He's he's moving. He's back. Is he there? there? He's still muted. Yeah. He needs to unmute. I think you're muted. He is. I don't know.
0: I don't know what's going on. Is
9: this like go. a storm or something there there we here or there? there? you go. Hey, Bruce, are you there? Yes, I'm, uh, you guys froze up for a minute. But, okay. Um, yeah. 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 You guys have been bouncing pong, so I had questions, and I'm probably going to forget those again. Just to answer Colby's question, getting an ADU in a shed would be impossible, because number one, it doesn't meet the criteria. Number two, most sheds on people's properties you'll find uh, put there. They're built without a permit. They're set without any guidance from the building commissioner. And a lot of times, when they come for a variance for other parts of the property, we make sure that they contact the building commissioner and make sure that he doesn't want that shed, particular shed. So that's one of the things. The other thing is, uh, can you still hear me? Okay. Yes. Yes.
0: Go ahead, Bruce.
9: I'm talking to myself here. Um, so let me understand this. You took uh, ADUs out of primary primary uses. To uh, principal uses, you move them over to accessory dwelling units where they probably should be under accessory mm-hmm. uses. Correct. Correct. Okay. Uh, there was the push. It was my understanding. There was a push that you definitely wanted to be in, in uh, residential gr five. You wanted people to be able to just come in and do that, which I didn't have any problem with that. You know, but now, from what I understand, from I just printed out the other the, the new the new guidelines on the accessory. Uh, accessory uses, uh, you're not allowing them anyway, correct? That's a probably special a special um, Two-family by conversion, which is allowed there. Well, two-family by conversion's been, been everywhere anyway. You're right. He, he said- Okay, now they're going to be allowed in every oh. <clears throat> I'm not sure that on, they will allow
0: it. it. Can you just say that yep. again? I missed it. What's that? I think you kind of broke up a little bit when you said
4: two family, family by conversion.
0: Two family by conversion is allowed, right? Everywhere, and so what? Cass help.
2: Through you, Madam Chair Bruce. Um, I think because this was the eleventh hour with us tweaking this just before we got here today. You're absolutely right, Bruce, that, and Kobe is too. That that. Um, that two families is already allowed in that zone, and I realize that we added a special permit criteria to it. That might be something we need to look at going forward here. Even though we are requiring it to be a special permit, it's kind of a moot point or a wash. Right, Kobe? Is that the way yeah, you Yeah, I'm not to even saying it it's too? a special permit right now. So, Bruce, I'd love to hear your feedback
9: on that. Well, on General Residential 5, it's, 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 it's allowed right. to get and, uh, you know, so whatever. So, but now you're making them, they need a special current every zone. Uh, you know, like I said, you know, you bring up the thing about where you're trying to locate these buildings, your accessory dwelling units. you know, I agree that, you know, if you've got a big parcel of land, you shouldn't go 10 feet off the line to somebody, to some of the neighbors, and then be 50 feet away from the house that's uh, actually getting benefit from the ADU. But uh, I, I still steadfast uh, say that anything in GR uh, 1, 2, uh, 3, 4, 6, and 7 should be, uh, you should stick another note in the notes here, maybe go to number 8, that uh, that it should be some sort of a family member that's going to live in that ADU. Otherwise, you're, you know, just stop and think for a minute what well, you're allowing here. You're allowing anybody that lives up in uh, the you know i bought for Jefferson Street or Diana Estates, the they can just, you know, we'll, we may have every unit up there have an ADU on. You know, is that something that you're looking for? Well, that's fine. going to call a second dwelling unit or a two family by conversion? Okay. You know, but then, you know, you got the other thing, of Lane or whatever it is up off of Prospect Street, all those big houses, that, you know, uh, Mercer Lane, uh, South Street, the project off of South Street. You know, is that what you're really looking for? You know, I think we've kept this under wraps pretty good ever since the first one came before us. And like Gus said, we've only turned down one person, but I don't see the benefit of just letting anybody build an ADU and bring in anybody that they want to live in it. Either it's because they're helping out a family member, or because they need, they, they, they think they're going to make money. You know, they think they're going to have a rental property, you know? Uh, I, uh, I, I just don't want to behind it. behind it.
0: Okay, I'm gonna to go to, Jamie has a response, I think.
1: Um, through you, Madam Chair, I've just asked the staff, um, their opinion on the note. Um, the town code does have a definition of family in it, and it's already been well established, um, and it's essentially exactly what we think, a relative of blood, origin, adoption, etc. but also allows for a provision of no more than five people. Okay, so it doesn't really have to be blood relative. Adoption, it just, A family can also be defined as five people or fewer. And I don't know if a note would calcify that. I would leave that Brian, Mark, and Gus's, and Amy's expertise. I don't know if a note would help, but it might point people back to the definition. And I just, I'm not a zoning expert on drafting it, but I think to Bruce's suggestion, um, he asked for a note, number eight, a family member. Well, we have a definition of family in the bylaw, so we, I think it would be prudent to reference that so that people aren't thinking of family a different way. Does that make sense? It may not.
0: Um, it makes sense, but I don't think that's what our, our
1: goal is here. Right. I
0: think we are we do want to make it open to other
1: people, not just family. The current code allows that. current town code allows that. Five or fewer, you can already have it. it. Does not need to be blood, child, relative, okay. whatever. So I'm just saying, we already allow that. You guys have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm, I am wrong. No, you're right. Oh, okay. I, he, he shook his head like no, like stop talking to me, no. like, <laughs> So I'm just saying, like the current code already allows that expansion of the individual family to define their family. I don't want to be in the. Mark's gonna really drill into this. We don't want to get into this from, go ahead, Mark, from a legal perspective, because we, we, we all agree, I think, on this, about so, so, family.
5: So the, the focus is a couple of things unrelated to family. It's it's separate dwelling unit, as opposed to everybody living in a mm-hmm. residence, it's, a, it's one big dwelling. And, uh, and number two, the fact that there's already a uh, two family by conversion, and what is it really, or what should it be, what was intended to be? I assume it was to take one building, one structure, and subdivide it, if you will, into multiple dwelling units, two dwelling units within that one existing building. So, where we're going here is allowing not by conversion, but by expansion or whatever other term you want to use in addition. So whether you convert, you know, changing a garage with a space over it into a separate dwelling unit or constructing a whole new building, and that's something permitted that's not there now under any definition, and the special permit criteria is to provide the balance and the protection a balance that you can do it without meeting a very onerous legal burden, which technically a variance is. I know as Bruce and I have had this discussion before, 99 out of 100 variances would be denied or overturned if somebody were to challenge them in court. That's simply, it's an impossible standard to meet. Special permit criteria is more of a balancing and it, it takes into account both the needs of the property owner looking for relief and the protection of a and neighborhood and all. So it's, it's a more flexible stand. Gus?
2: Through you, Madam Chair. What Chairman Huntshaw brings up is real life. It's unintended consequences sometimes without a family member being in that dwelling unit. Um, we don't. We've never tested the waters yet so to speak. Um, and his suggestion is, it, I didn't realize that you all are voting members, and I'm not, but um, it's not a popular, popular um, um, thing I'm saying here, but it needs to be possibly looked at. That's all I have to say. Now. Um, I'm going to go back to Kobe. Okay. And then I think
0: mm-hmm. we got Patrick after Kobe. And then, oh, Bruce took his hand down, yeah. okay, so. come okay, on. Right. That's okay, <laughs> we'll come back to you. We'll come back to you, because we, we wanna talk about this, right?
10: I, I think what we've lost sight of is why we're even visiting this, which is that people are struggling to afford to live in Franklin, and, There are many opportunities to uh, improve the affordability. One of them is to offer smaller, more flexible units for particularly elders or uh, young singles. Accessory dwelling units are a fantastic way to do that. We need to be producing them, producing housing units, smaller, more flexible housing units, at a much faster rate than we are now. And where this is great is in the uh, ease of application for getting uh, an accessory development. Where it scares me is that it it does very little to take us actually closer to producing more accessory development, Mm -hmm. um, which is what we want. Um, and it's why, you know, yeah, your, your point to the process being the way that we control this is well taken, it's also very much the process that we're looking to avoid for strong uh, projects, right? If it conforms with everything that we put forward, then we want some pathway where it says, you've done everything we've asked, check with our building permit, make make sure that you're uh, in line with everything, and that's it. You get to go forward. You get full 100%, there's no, what if my neighbors show up and they don't like it or they thought I was there? Nope, we said that, hey, if you're here, if you're within these uh, strict regulations, then you can move forward. If you're not, that's where we have. A special permit. That's when we go for variances in front of uh, the zoning board of appeals. To, to assume that the baseline is that you're going to have to argue your way through is what slows down, is what prevents them from ever being brought forward. Never mind uh, developed. And so it, it's why it feels. So it's why I was asking about the existing uh, non conforming and, and then really my second point was on um, the, the buy right. Versus, uh, versus special permit. Um, I, you know, On the existing non-conforming, yes, 100%. If, if something didn't have a building permit to be there anyway, or it wasn't a, a, a use, like a structure that actually um, exists and can stay on its own, 100% don't want it. If you've had a barn that you built in uh, you know, 1850 that your great-grandparents built, and you want to um, have your, uh, your grandparent move in there, um, and if, you know it's a little too close to the lot line next to you, I don't want to have to, to have you to make you justify that uh, or, or, or go and, and argue and risk not having it because then it'll just never happen, right? They want you, you deserve as much of a right, you're doing a good service for Franklin, you deserve as much of a right as anyone else to convert that existing uh, building that has a building permit that was allowed to be there at some point and then the rules have since changed, you're still allowed uh, to convert that. that. That's what I'm uh, looking for. And, and that exists, right? There are other, I was looking at Arlington this morning, that, that's specifically laid out for you know non-conforming buildings. Um, they're still allowed sort of add an extra point. And that seems like something that's worthwhile uh, adding. And why is it worthwhile adding? Because it's worthwhile converting all of these to if you that follow everything that we have said, it should be allowed by rights anywhere in town. Anywhere in town. If you want to infringe on someone else's uh, property outside of the current zoning, 100% you should have to justify that and ask for a variance. But if you're within existing zoning, and you're just adding a, a second use, so that other someone else can have a housing unit, and you can apply, comply by everything, 900, that's a very restrictive 900, 10 feet without everything else, mm-hmm. that you should be allowed to go forward. Yeah. I feel very strongly about that. Um, that it's, it's, it's to get to our, our housing production goal.
0: That's
12: why I'm asking. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm going to go to Patrick. <coughs> I don't think we need to add the word family because you know I agree that the definition is that, it can just confuse people.
4: Yeah, it's really okay. yeah, plus if you have. I think as long as you have the owner living there, they're going to make sure for instance, the people, the
3: vendors are there. I mean, you, you only get a place with this
4: absentee that on. Right. But as long as the owner's on the property, they're going to make sure, they're going to check the people out to make sure they're safe.
3: And they're not, not going to want noisy neighbors either. They're going to close so uh, <clears> that.
0: Right, um, thank you, Councillor Sharon, and I agree with you. <clears throat> I think um, if it's owner occupied, depend- it doesn't matter which. Which unit they live in, right? It's a great way for somebody to get to get some income and to actually be able to stay in Franklin, and then have another family stay, give another family a place to live, and that's I think what we're trying to do, right? Um, Beth. Hi. Hi. Oh, um,
6: I respect what Kobe's saying. Um, that. But I do think we need to start somewhere, and um, I don't know necessarily that everywhere in town should be by right. Um, and unless there's anybody in the audience that wants to make any further comments, I'm gonna go ahead and make a suggestion that for a motion that we move um, zoning bylaw amendment 2389A, B, and C to town council as suggested at this time because. I believe that the steps that have been made in these bylaws that the town has worked, our staff has worked really hard on, and our input has been provided will produce some sort of start to accessory dwelling units for us. Um, and I think that is a way to begin. So that's my suggestion. A second. There's a
0: motion and a second. Um, we're going to have to do a roll call vote. Discussion? Yeah, oh, case. discussion?
11: Does yeah. there anyone else have any
0: discussion? Am I allowed to
11: make comments? Yes, sure. I'll let you. Okay. <laughs> Say
0: your name, address,
11: Should I, come, up come up
0: to the microphone.
11: I'm Sam Williams, I live at 28 Queen Street, um, so I'm in single residential uh, four, I believe. Um, and a number of people on my block already have multi-family houses um, by right. And then, so I have to, I would have to get Board approval to do it. It seems maybe a little unfair. Um, Also, I think this is like, in the grand scheme of things, this is a very niche issue. You know, there's eight thousand single family houses in town. If one percent of those can like build an EDU, you're looking at eighty units, maybe nine hundred square feet max unit size. You know, if it's two hundred dollars a square foot to build one of these it's $180,000 you know that's expensive that's I just I don't think the proliferation of these things is really a concern I just don't think it's like something that's like they're all of a sudden going to explode so I think being a little you know like having a ton of regulation you know to Kobe's point is just slowing things down for something that is gonna be slow anyway Um, so you know, I think if you allowed them in all the zoning districts, I don't think there's gonna be this flood of, of ADUs. Um, you know, I think you'll probably still see five or 10 a year, maybe. Um, you know, like maybe, I don't know. I, I just don't think it's it's the the mass flood problem that, that people are, uh, are perceiving. And I also think that generally, people are gonna want to do them in a way that, um, you know, they don't people don't want to ruin their own neighborhoods. Um, so they're not gonna do them in a way that's gonna be awkward for their neighborhood. They're gonna to try to do something that that works um, generally. So um, that's just my my piece. I also I should I'm an architect. If there are more ADUs in town, there's more potential projects for me. So I do have a bias. <laughs> <laughs> so. How much does it cost to build an ADU while you're here? Like I I mean I I would guess, you know, if you're building one separate from the house you I mean you're looking at 200 bucks a square foot at least so um, you know I, they're not they're not gonna be cheap like it's gonna be it's gonna be expensive so um, I just don't think that they're gonna they're gonna explode everything thank Eight you
0: thousand. thank
11: okay.
4: you Sam I'm gonna go to Greg um, to, to uh, mr. Williams point um, I don't think we're creating a regulation to make it difficult. We're just creating a regulation that everybody can go by moving forward. Because as you know, the lots that are left in town are chopped up, irregular, et cetera, et cetera. So this is what's going to be coming in front of all of us Years. we want to set the boundaries now so everybody knows the playing field when they walk in the door to go see the building commissioner. They already know the steps, what to take. They already know their, their boundaries and, and whatnot. So we're setting this up for future. We're not setting this up for next year. This is 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road, when there's nothing left to build on, because most of the town's already been built on, except for some serious life fossils left, but not very many, um, we just want to set the, the record straight. So when they come in the door, they actually have a, a guidance in a, in a direction to go, and that's all. Thank you. Thank you, Craig. Um, I just wanted to, Clarify something. So,
0: if Sam can put in a, another, make his single-family a two-family by right, but why can't he do an accessory
2: dwelling by right? In that zone, R four, um, they're allowed by conversion, I believe. Right? You're in R four. Um, I just don't want to
11: make it. More it says different. that here. It says that you need even for a conversion. I would need board approval. Um. Yeah. 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 Okay. But, like but would, it,
2: but would it be new detached? So no. that no.
0: Okay. All right. So it's the same. It's not like we're making it no. No. which is clarifying. And multifamily is not allowed right now. Okay.
2: All right. I just want to make sure
10: but
4: that they
12: exist. What, they exist, but
6: what you had said is if somebody can do it by right, which okay. they can't do. It. Right, right. Okay. All
0: right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I'm gonna go to Bruce. And then I think that, yeah. Well, Bruce, discussion. I just, people bring. Yeah, I'm in.
9: you can hear me. Yeah. I just love it when, other towns when they want to do something in Franklin, but yeah, when somebody in Franklin wants to do something, they bring up by the towns, so or everybody wants to come to Franklin, so we don't have to do that, you know. But uh, I think the last time I kept it was four, four houses in the inventory for sale in the town of Franklin. I understand the need. For affordable housing. Obviously, we deal with that more than anybody else in town. Um, you know, when
3: they come before us, we take each individual
9: application on its own. I'm sure we'll do the same thing with this. Uh, it's basically the same the same as what we're doing now. The only difference is you're going to allow anybody to go in there, you know, as long as the owner stays there. But, um, you know, whatever. It's, you know, I, I suppose it's a democracy, and that's what we end up with. We end up with both. And however the vote comes i can live with it i don't have a problem with it but the other question i just i got two other questions i think one's to jamie jamie uh we started as a steering committee for downtown uh how do we end up with adus all over town through you madam
1: chair so ultimately there's a lot of there's a lot of um You know, we had the housing production plan process going on. We had the Franklin For All process going on. As all those procedures and plans were getting um, kicked up and and refined, you know, as I said at a previous meeting, um, accessory dwelling units is all over the Boston Globe. It's the thing of the fad of now. I think they are real units. I support them. I'm trying to build one on my own property. Um, You know, uh, for all the reasons that Councillor Hamlin mentioned, Uh, In the process since Franklin for all last year, the housing crisis in Massachusetts is getting worse. Um, And with all due respect to our uh, leaders at the next levels, there's not a lot of money that I'm seeing coming out for development anywhere. Um, I'm told the housing secretary legislation will get filed soon, maybe by the end of the year we'll have a secretary of housing. And who knows when, when, when this will actually get some relief, right? I think mortgage rates are having an effect on the market too, in the same way, um, and I think Councilor Frangilla's point: there was a recommendation, I think, in the Franklin for All uh, study on accessory dwelling units. And you're right, Bruce. Um, you know, it, it was it was originally brought in downtown, but I think we also all agree those are some of the harder units to get some accessory dwelling units out of. The ones on the on the outskirts of the community may be some of the easier ones, and maybe some of the ones we see first is the application. I think. Um, to Councilor uh point a little while ago and to Mr. Williams, I think in a lot of ways they're right. Um, I don't think anything they said about the urgency or any of that stuff is, is off the table. I think though um, this is all very new for a lot of people as well. And we have to, I think, you know, look at the kind of glass half full for lack of a better metaphor. I think after a year or two or define a timeline, three years, you know, say Gus does get 10 of these a year for the next two years, right, or a dozen. So you get two dozen done, and then we continue to adapt, but the use table is now built, the definition is there. It's like inclusionary zoning. We have to, I think Beth mentioned this a moment ago, we have to start somewhere, and if we go the whole way and just open it up everywhere, and, and then we realize there are unintended consequences that we didn't learn from, it's a real hard situation to put the genie back in the bottle. And so I think this is a very big step for the town. And I don't think, um, and I'll be honest, I think speaking on behalf of Gus and Kathy Liberty and other enforcement agents in town, if you're not them and you're not on the neighborly lines fighting with neighbors over dogs barking, fences, trees, equipment, car parkings, and you're not getting threatened, you're not getting screamed at, you're not getting sworn at, okay? It's easy to say, just, just, just let everybody do them. But when you're the one with the whistle and the referee stripes, and you've got to go out and deal with these things, and there's some situations I won't speak of publicly that are extraordinarily toxic between neighbors, it's a little harder for a professional staff to say, yep, let's just chuck the ball to 85 yards and let's just go for the whole, you know, go for it all. I think what Beth said a while ago was really the nail on the head and is really the professional and I think the the astute way to go, which is, you know, this is a big step forward. This is gonna allow somebody to use. Let's move this forward. And I think to Bruce's question, we're trying to give everybody in town a fair opportunity to apply for them given how important they are in the public consciousness these days, right? Um, And so so instead of just staying in downtown commercial like the Franklin for All study, I think the staff and everybody, including all of you, mm-hmm. have said, let's let's look at this holistically throughout the whole town. So I think Bruce, we expanded this beyond downtown. Inclusionary zoning did as well. And so I think we're we're just trying to you know get some more units in there. Hope that answers your question, Bruce.
9: Yeah, and the next question was you can answer this one too. Do any of these ADU out towards affordable housing? No. no nope. I don't nope. imagine, no. but- unless no. you put
5: a restriction on. If you put an affordability restriction on it, could.
1: And I think, to, to Mark's point really quickly, this is why a, a lot of local officials are frustrated with the lack of inaction at the state level. This is a great, you know, think of what Mark just said. If they were able to put some, some ADU legislation and allow those units with a restriction to be, be put on the SHI, you know, that might be a really big deal for a community like Franklin. You know, That might be a really great asset. So, the SHI, the Standard Housing Index, or whatever, the, you know, the 10% for 40, subsidized. Thank
0: you. Okay. Okay. Does that answer your question, Bruce? Okay. Uh, yep. Okay. Thanks. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Council Sheridan.
4: Just uh, for clarification. If the owner sells the house, does it go back? Would we go back? They don't have to go back. They can just assume they have.
5: I'm gonna let Mark answer that. If it if it the special permit procedure would depend on how the decision was worded. Okay. Uh, unless they put language that said it was limited to that party, then it would it would run with the land. But they have the ability with a special permit to condition it just on that property line. Just to answer
9: that, everyone that's been granted is, is has that condition on it.
5: That's what? That it expires at the end of that person's ownership.
0: That's the way they're doing it now. That's the way they're doing it now. Great. Okay. Right. Perfect. That's the
6: Okay. Beth? I would just like to point out, as you as counselors so are well aware, we have a master plan in the works. Great opportunity to further explore what you might want by right. For accessory dwelling units. So, good start here. Maybe explore it further during your master plan. <clears throat> Just saying, don't stop it here. You have further opportunities. Refine it. Don't do that. Just a comment.
5: Mark, you want to? Yeah, I've been practicing law a lot of years and doing a lot of municipal law for a lot of years. And unfortunately, uh, you would like to think that these things bring out the best and correct people, but unfortunately that's not necessarily so, as Jamie alluded to a few minutes ago, and if you don't have some mechanism in the toolbox that gives you authorities and municipality, there's nothing you can do about it. The special permit gives the control. You're not necessarily going to exercise it. If it's a a slam dunk, you could probably get it done in one night. If it's more complex, then it's going to take the necessary time to address the issues. But that gives you the flexibility and the legal authority. Once you say, as of right, then it just is totally out of the town's hands. And when people appeal to Gus or whatever, uh, Gus comes to me and it's like, that's a private property
10: matter. There's nothing we can do about it. Okay, thank you. Kobe? Uh, I have one aside, just while it's there. Special Permit Gives Us the Control it is the single biggest theory that has put us in the housing crisis that we're in now. It's why I can't afford a home, it's why my peers can't afford a home, because we've made it so that at every single step of the way, everyone and their mother gets a say on whether you can build that one additional unit. That's what we're talking about, is trying to be like, wait, where do we not need to do that? Should everything be a special permit? Is that the system that we want? No, we want a system that says, hey, what what do we want the town to look like? Great, let's set those rules. And then anytime you're gonna break those rules, that's when we have a special permit. Right, that's that's what we're talking about here. Uh, There was a, a point about, um, with the state, uh, you know, it would be nice to get more direction from the state. I agree. It would be great. But here's what the state does do: They have a housing choice, which we uh, could be eligible for. The newest criteria um, for housing choice projects is whether you allow accessory dwelling units by right, which we would not be eligible for. The question about whether we get run over, there have been studies, there's a study of the hundreds, uh, cities in the greater Boston area, 37 of them allow uh, accessory dwelling units. They permit two and a half accessory dwelling units per year. That's the average in the greater Boston area. We're not talking about getting run over when we allow accessory dwelling units. And and finally, i would just go to our our friends at uh, Pioneer Institute. You said exactly what I'm saying, right? Why are we here? Special permits may be seen by homeowners as too risky to bother with. Even if in practice, the permitting boards, typically the ZBA, grant permits to all projects that meet the regulatory requirements, right? They are saying, you should allow them by right because the very idea of having to go through the process of going in front of the zoning board is preventing people from coming before us. Again, yeah, you're saying that this is taking us so far and that I'm asking us to go further. I'm saying this is barely taking us anywhere and I'm asking us to actually take the step forward that we agree that we need to take. Which is actually allow two and a half more of these per year uh, to allow that much just a little bit easier if they conform with all pre-existing uh, zoning. That's what I'm asking for. Uh, I did pull up, and I, w- I would say this, um, in case you guys are, are interested, because I would like to offer this as an amendment, but I'm not sure if I can. But can I offer with an active? It's an active motion. Yeah. So I can offer an amendment yeah. to the, Okay. So this would be one of them, which would be to add um, uh, add a new um, paragraph to accessory dwelling units. And say the creation to the, to
0: definition? the definition. To
10: the definition. Okay. I think it's probably the easiest place. And it's going to be a little long, but. Bear with me, but, if, if the existing, uh, sorry. The creation or addition of an accessory dwelling unit within an existing single family dwelling, two family dwelling, or duplex d- dwelling, or within an existing accessory building on the same lot as any such dwelling does not increase or affect the nonconforming nature of said existing uh, dwelling or accessory building, and shall not cause such dwelling or accessory building to become non-conforming or result in any additional dimensional requirement with respect to such dwelling or accessory building, provided that such creation or addition of accessory building unit neither expands the footprint nor the height of said dwelling or accessory building in, in each case. Except for i. Uh, the changes necessary uh, to provide for a required egress uh, for, or other modifications to meet the state building code or state fire code or for any projections allowed under uh, so, which, which basically, this is to say that if there's a building there, that the conversion of it to an accessory dwelling unit, just clarifying the conversion of it to an accessory dwelling unit does not um, make it non Um unless it doesn't meet building code or fire code. It's already there. It's already there. It's already and there. And what I think i heard is that you would interpret it as being there for the for the primary building, but not being there for um, accessory building on the same lot as any such
2: buffer.
0: Well.
10: Gus, can you clarify that?
2: Three madam chair. Um Kobe, if I'm getting it right, if you have a non-conforming lot, or I'm sorry, non-conforming structure, it's called pre-existing non-conforming. Mm-hmm. And when I get a phone call from an, um, an appraiser and they ask me the questions about the setbacks not meeting what they need to meet, then I simply answer it with, it's pre-existing non-conforming, there's not a violation on the property. And I'm gonna to turn to the town attorney. If that accessory dwelling unit is built that might have a variance to deal with the non- more non-conforming, it's still, I believe, a after it's built, after it's got the approvals, after the people move in and I get a phone call from an appraiser, my answer is it's pre-existing non-conforming because the house already was. I don't believe, and, and Mark may correct me, I don't believe it makes it more non-conforming because it already was non-conforming. Mark? So
5: the zoning statute, Chapter 48, Section 6 in particular, attempts to deal with this. The language is unintelligible, the courts themselves <laughs> right. have been unable to come to consensus and there is an incredible body of appellate court uh, attempts to interpret this. Some of it relatively recently uh, and it, it becomes absolutely impossible. They've absolutely, it's, it, it's a quagmire. And I'm trying to deal with this issue of accessory and stay away from that just within our own clean definitions and parameters without dragging that in. So the problem here is uh, we're trying to deal with several scenarios. You can have a single house. You could have a duplex house or a two-family house. And you could have an accessory unit in either one of them. That's already variable. Then you talk about some other building or structure being converted, that's another variable. And then there's the potential to construct a whole new building or structure, and that's an additional variable. And we're trying to handle that succinctly when you could get bogged down in paragraphs trying to address it. So that's just an observation. That's that's one sentence. So maybe
2: just to um, further explain myself on that one, um, I've made a, an example or, or talked about an example of how I take a personal approach to every individual that comes in my office. I'm a father, I'm a homeowner, I'm a contractor. I've had many hats that I've worn, this one being the most important one. And when someone comes in my office, and they, especially an appraiser or even a homeowner, and they ask the questions that you ask, The way I look at it is, my my homeowner hat goes on. Anything I can do to help that person, which includes saying, you might have a a non-conformity, but it's pre-existing, have a nice day, you're not gonna get a zoning violation from the building commissioner, I'm gonna do everything in my power to help them move forward with either the sale of a home, because it was already there. It's very difficult once a house is built, and I learned this from the town attorney, Once I give a certificate of occupancy, try to have it rescinded in in Norfolk District Court. They'll laugh you out of the courtroom so fast. It's because we've given our blessing to that home. And that's, I'm passionate about that.
0: I guess what I'm hearing is that if it's
2: non-conforming, pre-existing,
0: non-conforming, that it will stay that way and you can do the
2: work.
10: Even if it's an accessory building that's pre-existing?
2: I believe so. I believe if an accessory dwelling unit was added on to that pre-existing non-conforming structure, if it's added on to it, it will always stay that way in perpetuity.
0: Brian wants to say
2: something. When you have
8: a garage that has, say, a 10-foot setback, or or whatever the case may be, and is conforming right now to zoning, okay that's one thing but if you have a, a garage that is non-conforming and you want to add a housing unit essentially to that garage my belief is that it, it falls into a different uh, category altogether um, and I know so so what I'm trying to say is the primary residence something within that it, whether it's non-conforming or not it, it, Fine, I mean, that is fine. That's one, they should be able to put an accessory unit within that structure, the primary residence that's there. If they're trying to put it in a non-conforming or a, a, an existing non-conforming shed or garage or other thing on the property, um, that that's a different story, um, I, I believe anyway. I, and, I, and like I said before, I am not the zoning enforcement officer. But the reason we wrote up the third of the bylaws the way we did is because if you have a garage or something currently on a property, Mm -hmm. and it's right near somebody's property line, whether it's conforming or not, it's really close, putting an accessory unit in that building can really be a problem. And therefore, a variance is the way to get somebody in an accessory unit in that, not the special permit process or not by right. And, and that's my opinion. So yeah, I you.
10: guess I'm less interested in, in the opinion right now, though, appreciate it I, I'm more so. But it seems like there's a, there's two answers as to whether that would whether they would need a variance for that or not. Right. I'm hearing you would think that they need a variance. And I would, I'm hearing that you would think that they wouldn't need a variance. Uh, even if, if, the, those, if both those answers exist, if so that, the, to me that says let's put a paragraph in yeah. that okay. if the if the
8: third bylaw was not written, then Gus is, what Gus is saying, it, I mean makes sense. It's it he he as a can make a ruling on whether this structure can have an accessory unit in it. You put this bylaw in there, and the answer is you either have to have that bigger setback or you need, you need a variance. I mean, it, that is adding in that protection for the adjacent property, so that's all it is.
0: Okay, I'm gonna, Mark h- held the stand up and then I'm gonna go to that. So for the, the statute I quoted
5: at the, a few minutes ago, 48 section six, as part of it, carves out for preferential treatment single and two family house uh, dwellings or whatever the term is that they use and provides preferential treatment in most cases upon a uh, finding by the uh, uh, Zoning Board of Appeals that it's no more uh, adverse or no no more impacted. Essentially the language you read wherever you got it from tracks it. Then you don't need any kind of zoning relief. If you add anything that makes it but what you're doing more uh, creating a new violation, if you will, then you need a variance for that added aspect. So say the existing building is, uh, the height limitation is, is uh, and the area is 30 feet, and the house is 35, you're fine, but now you want to put it up higher than that, that's creating a separate violation. So the statute Gives preferential treatment, and then as I said, there's been a huge body of interpretive court decisions, appellate court decisions. So, I guess what you have to decide for yourselves, based on all you've heard, is do you want to go, attempt to go with a relatively simple bylaw as has been proposed, understanding all these complexities, or do you want to send the staff back to the drawing board to try and come up with a much more complex bylaw? Uh, that, that addresses again this, the separate scenarios that I raised a few moments ago and, and treat some of them as Kobe as would be suggesting, preferentially, that for the existing single or, or two family house, it's as of right, but anything else, you have to do something further.
0: Okay, so Kobe um, made a motion to make an amendment. Must be a second. So, is there a second? Second. Okay, we have a second. Let's do a vote. Do we add, do we want to add? Discuss. Oh, discuss, okay. I, I figure we already have a lot, but.
10: I, I, I just don't know, I think that there was just a lot of addition. The idea that going back to the drawing, no, I'm offering the only sentence, two sentences uh, that you need, the long sentences, but two sentences <laughs> that you need that says, if you have some structure, that's already, that's pre-existing non-conforming, whether it's the primary or not, then we want to allow you to put an accessory dwelling unit into that. And it sounds like we have mixed reasons, uh, mixed answers on whether that's already true, and I'm saying we can add two sentences to make
1: sure that we all agree that it is true. There should be primary. Jamie. I would just throw up. I mean, Council for will have to read that again. But, <laughs> my interpretation of it, please correct me Gus, Mark, that essentially overrides what's here in front of me. And says that if you have a current structure, by right, you can shove in the accessory dwelling unit where you want. So in essence, I'm just trying to characterize this on the spectrum for folks, that's essentially the wild west. That's essentially saying so to people, not trying right to do that. Hold on, by right, but it, but the language does do that. By right, when people hear that, they go, I can do it, and they don't think, oh, I have to get a building permit for a shed, or I have to go make sure I get an electrical inspection, or I have to get a chicken coop reviewed, right? I can just go build it. This is where the incivility comes from between neighbors. And I, and I agree with Councilor Frangelo and Sam. I totally agree with them. Putting these in front of the Board of Appeals is a barrier. There is no question about that. But the question for this board and then eventually the council as well as the planning board when they have public hearings, is really about how from a timing perspective, how urgent are we, I guess? How fast do we want to move? How much does the staff referee all this? Um, and what we're just simply saying is, take the modest step forward, like inclusionary and other things, and say let's get a, let's get the belt and suspenders going here, get a bylaw on the books. And I and I apologize to characterize the amendment as the Wild West, but it really it is. It eventually is just saying if you have a building, you can put in an ADU where you want, kind of regardless of. Um, what the neighbors think, or what the neighborhood street is, or or all these other factors. Those are barriers. I'm not denying that. But I think for the public certification, we have to understand what is it that you want. Do you want everything to just go in by right, and just have everybody do what they want? Maybe with some basic criteria? Or, you know, take this step forward, which as we heard before, Salem gave up and say, let's try it, let's try to encourage it, and let's try to do these so that they're successful. I think Mark's comment, unfortunately, is true, where you're, you're essentially going back to the drawing board and creating a longer, more in-depth, complicated bylaw of specifying here this, there that, there this, and I think from listening to Christine's presentation in Salem, that was one of the reasons why they couldn't get it done, is because everything became so convoluted about this street, that house, this corner, what about there, that they over-prescribed the system that didn't give any flexibility at all and just allow people to just do them. And I think there is a fear from the public, I'm getting emails all the time, as all of you are, don't approve 237 Pleasant, we don't need housing. Yep, yeah, we, don't, we, we, don't we don't want any housing, we don't want anything. So I do think the public, whether they're right or wrong, is saying, time out, we just, we just need to know what's going in. And I think if we allow just unfettered building, I do think we're going to end up with systems where Gus is in the staff are putting in a position where we don't even know how this is really going to work. And I, and, and I think that that's clearly some of the staff anxiety around Kobe's point. I would love to get to the point where we just say why across the board on there, right? I think everybody genuinely from heads bobbing is saying, yeah, let's just have whys right across the I just don't know if everybody's mm-hmm. firmly ready for why right across the board. Uh, meaning yes. No, <laughs> not <I laughs> don't don't why, Sorry, okay. Okay. I want to be very. I'll <laughs>
0: let Kobe respond to that. Okay.
1: That is not
10: my amendment. That's my next amendment, and we ahead, <laughs> we'll get there. I, and, and we can talk about about that, right? I'm just saying that they don't want to change the dimensional requirement. That if you're within existing dimensions, then you don't. Then then we're just clarifying that you are. Uh, that's all this amendment is. It's just saying that um, you, that if you have something that's pre-existing non-conforming, that you don't have to uh, uh, reapply new dimensional when you convert it to an ADU. Right? We're clear that that's what this that's amendment
6: is. That's what chapter 185-18 is. That's why you have the nonconforming building structures and uses, and that's why you are building commissioner. Why you need to spell it out, in a definition. Because we have two different answers
10: in front of us. Well, I, no, we, we really don't. No.
6: You don't do that in every single instance. instance that you have throughout planning. That's why you have a zoning bylaw. That's why it, maybe that's where you, you go for discussion with your building commissioner,
10: Kobe. It's, it doesn't make any sense to do right. that. Please, if I'm misunderstanding it, then please help me and let's take the time. But what, right I'm, what I'm hearing <laughs> is on, what? If a shed that's, or whatever, a, a, a barn that's within. Uh, that's closer than 10 feet to a property next door, if converted to an ADU, you would say, well, the barn, assuming that it meets all the building code and fire code and was allowed to be there, zoned there in the first place, you would say that, yeah, that could be an ADU and it's pre-existing non-corporated. And 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 you would say, no, because you're making it an ADU now, then it's different.
6: Here's my diagram, okay. So So,
10: so Beth, Beth,
0: wait a second. I want Gus to reply to that. Okay. Sure. All right, because I I agree on this point with Kobe. It seems like there's two different answers, and so we need. And and so it's just like we're just want we just want to know what the answer is. Is it is it just so up in the air that we don't really know?
2: No, that's no, the say not. no. It's,
0: we know. It's, it's, so I mean, so I do listen. it every
2: two different scenarios is what they is what they're yeah. presented. I do it every day, so I apologize if I haven't explained it enough, but. Um, to Colby's point, if I have, let's say, I have a barn that is eight feet off the property line, it's pre-existing barn conforming. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. You know, if it was built with no permit, that's a whole other story. But there's also, you know, there's a lot to the zoning that I still only scratch the surface of Mark's brain to understand because it's it is complicated. But to to try to answer the question again. That is a non-conforming, pre-existing non-conforming structure. To add an ADU to it, um, if it was connected, it will always. Oops, sorry.
10: Not add. Convert the same structure into it. Okay.
2: Convert the same structure into it. It will always be a non-conforming structure, pre-existing non-conforming structure. I believe.
6: Are you making it more non-conforming? Is the question? I. Right.
2: The way I look at it is with. <laughs>
6: I
5: don't with, think we have an answer. It a situation to get a finding from the VBA. Right.
2: And right. the way I look at it as it was pre-existing non-conforming before they added, before they turned it into an ADU, it will stay a pre-existing non-conforming structure. However, with relief from the zoning board, that owner comes into my office, that appraiser comes into my office. My answer is that's a pre-existing non-conforming structure. If it's in, converted ADU. Now, I don't know, Brian may rebut that.
8: No, to clarify, okay, we've talked about this for a long time, to clarify, okay? Yeah. Gus does what he does, and if we allowed ADUs by special permit, and we didn't talk about setbacks in what we're creating right now, in the bylaws that we're amending Mm -hmm. right now, what he's saying is 100% true. But if we pass the third amendment, the third zoning bylaw amendment, that states that you cannot do that. Okay? There's the difference. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay? So, right today, if you have an existing non conforming structure, it will always be existing unless we do end up changing the setbacks in the zoning district or whatever. Okay? However, if we have passed the third bylaw, If you don't want to do that, then what you're going to do? You're going to run into situations where a lot of people are going to say, you know, that that building's been there for you know 20 years, and I don't think I don't think it was built properly, and all kinds of stuff going on, and now they're trying to put an accessory use dwelling, you know, right in it, and they're saying that you know, and Gus is saying all you need is a special permit, it's not a variance, all this kind of stuff. It's this would spell out things in a certain way. That would make sense to everyone. If we don't want to put that extra restriction on it, you don't have to do that. You can decide you don't want to pass that third file and you want to go with the others. But the reason I took quite a bit of time to write that, and I checked like, what, six or seven different subsections in the bylaw, that I spent a lot of time on that specific wording, is because it would become problems if you have a garage that's been there 50 years, three feet from somebody's property line, and now we're allowing them to put an accessory unit in there without them having to talk to, uh, without having to deal with that setback, okay? So if it doesn't meet these regs, the specific uh, regulation we're proposing, they would need to get a variance. And they could get that variance, possibly, from the ZBA at the same time they're getting a special permit. But it's an additional layer that they would have to really look at and prove that they're not going to impact their next door neighbor by living three feet from them, or whatever the case may be. That's the reason for it. And right now, what Gus is saying is 100% true. He's seeing something as an existing, non-conforming, and it's up to the ZBA to decide whether that special permit is permitted or not, because they don't have any additional um, setback discussion or anything like that. They're just looking at the issue without this additional regulation. So that, that just to clarify, we, we're just talking, we, 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 have a, we have a definition, we got where it can be used, and we have that additional setback information. The three basic st- things that okay. these amendments have been. Okay, I
0: get it. There was someone on the, in the audience that had their hand up. Chris, Chris Prince, do you s- still have a comment about this?
4: No? No? Okay. Maybe that helped yeah. them. Oh. Maybe that helped yeah. them understand. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, so there's still a motion on the floor and I second it, so I say we take this. On the amendment. On I'm the amendment, amendment. amendment, there's a motion and Which, a second on the. Can you tell
0: me what
10: you did? Yeah. Do you want to
6: remove
0: your
10: amendment? Or I, no, no, I very much stand by my amendment. And I, I think, yeah, I think I, I understand what you're saying. That.
6: Why do you need to put that in there? Though I guess I don't understand why you need that amendment to clarify something that is in the zoning bylaw that the building commissioner deals with every day. That's his job. I don't understand.
10: We're changing it. That's that's I don't know. We're not
6: changing it.
10: This is, well, this, is, this, is an, this is a proposal to change. To change
6: right. it to add a definition that's already in our zoning bylaw.
10: Sure. to say No,
6: well, you Cody, do you want to add something that back up
7: again? Yeah.
6: indicates <laughs> you wanna add something that indicates if it's non conforming, you want to clarify the nonconformity.
10: I wanna clarify that an accessory dwelling unit could be built there without the need for a variance. Yeah,
6: that's not okay
10: with me. No, fine. All right, all right,
6: guys. Hold that's on, a normal Hold on, process hold on. to have a variance yes. for something that's non conforming.
4: Your you're protecting, timing. you're protecting your neighbors and your own property as
7: well as the neighbors' property by practice. going.
4: Okay, I'm going to go to the audience.
0: Chris is back.
7: Okay, oh. Chris Prince. So, Philip, can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me?
0: Yes, I can hear you now. Can you? Yep. Well, you don't have to state your name, yeah. but thank, um,
7: address. <laughs> thank, thank you, thank Karen. My name is Chris Prince. Uh, we reside at 14 Bend Way. Um, we're just inside the RR1 Rural District out here in North Franklin uh this is an interesting topic of conversation for us we have a project packed to the refrigerator uh, that would move my parents down to franklin um, from my hometown and their their you know their, their home in new hampshire um i've actually had preliminary conversations with sam who spoke earlier and with gus about six months ago um, as we started our investigation in this process um, I kind of wanted to talk and give you kind of a personal, human perspective on the subject matter, because this is, um, you know, important to us, and we have a decision to make in our future on whether we go forward or not. Uh, A lot of the conversation, with respect, has seemed to focus on a lot of code, a lot of language, and a lot of that detail. Um, My understanding from the last meeting that was held was part of this process was to make this an easier process for a homeowner. I can tell you after tonight's conversation, I feel like this is just as daunting as it was six months ago when we first looked into this. I feel like there's just as much challenge to us in terms of defining what we're going to do, as much as much back and forth as possible. Um, Gus was very congenial with us, very transparent with us, obviously, um, very easy to work with, and I would hope that that would continue forward as, as has been discussed. But as Kobe pointed out earlier, this sort of Tempers our enthusiasm for even moving this project forward, knowing the steps and the and hoops the, and the that we would have to jump through to, to get this process off the ground. Um, the, the decisions that our family has to make in the next year or two in terms of what we do and how my parents live out the balance of their lives, knowing that they're no longer able or willing to maintain their current property in the in the in the way that they have become accustomed to um is daunting the language of affordable housing has been thrown out there our proposal has nothing to do with affordable housing Um, my parents are on a the four years into an eight year wait list for public housing in their town the private housing list is longer
3: it's my understanding from this dialogue and others
7: um, that that situation is no different here in franklin in terms of private care, whether it's housing or or health care, that market has been commoditized in our modern society, and those expenses are only going to grow over time. And so the question for us is an affordable housing is how do we maximize family resources and equity to provide appropriate care and living for my folks as they age? They are independent they are capable of caring for themselves but within certain par- parameters there are studies that indicate that providing elders in a space where they can continue to live a lifestyle that they're familiar with adds to lifestyle adds to the length of their life
3: um, it brings families together and so this is the process that we are going through this isn't about
7: affordable housing um, this isn't about finding a cheaper way of doing this this is not as Sam mentioned, an inexpensive venture. Um, Regarding who can live and who cannot live and use of this property potentially after the fact, if we had the opportunity to generate some modest income from this after our initial intended purpose has expired, after my parents have passed, it changes the dynamic and the decision making that we face going forward. So these are the things that, as a homeowner, um, as a family that we are addressing and how we look at this process i understand the need for conformity i understand you know the, the need for a universal solution to, to manage some degree of control from our side of the street as a family looking at trying to solve our internal problems as i'm sure and as we anticipate many families will do this is what this is what we see And this process is not easy for us um, in many ways. Um, And so I would challenge the board to consider the relief for us, not just for today's codes and needs, but five years, 10 years, 15 years down, as our population continues to age, and how do we address those needs going forward, you know, proactively. So that's all I have to say, thank you
9: for listening. Thank you, Chris. Um, Bruce. Um, You know, I just think that, uh, you know, we're we're beating a horse here. You know, uh, we've been doing all this for a long time, and I never heard anybody have a problem with it. You think you're creating a mountain out of a molehill, but so be it. If that's the way you want to proceed with it, go ahead. Thank you. Thank you,
0: Bruce. okay so we have a motion right and a second and i think we should vote is everybody okay with voting no. on the amendment okay i'm going to do roll call bruce no beth no greg no council sheridan yes council frangillo yes chair yes doesn't pass doesn't have a <laughs>
1: Okay. You still have a live motion. So we
3: motion. still have a motion. still, have, we a still have a second
10: in on the
1: original. Have a motion, another motion to amend? Yeah.
0: You want to
10: make another motion to amend? Yes. Okay. Motion to amend uh, Use Regulation Schedule Part 7 uh, for accessory dwelling units. Any place where it currently has PA to be changed to Y. For the exact reason that Chris just spoke of. Second. Is there any discussion? Make a motion to vote. <laughs> <laughs> well, no
0: discussion. Yeah. yeah. I just okay. Yeah. Okay. So I would roll call vote on the on the amendment to change all the BA to Ys. Is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, all, of all of them? All of them. All of them. Okay. <laughs> Uh Bruce? No. Beth? No. Greg? No. Council Sheridan? Yes. Council Frangillo? Yes. Chair says yes. Fails. And that fails. Okay, now we're gonna go
4: to the original motion that was seconded. You, for a second. you want more
0: on the on the original motion? On
6: the original motion. Okay, yes. I would just like to appeal to Councilor Rangelo to say, let's get somewhere versus nowhere. This is good Thank stuff you. in front of
2: us
0: Thank you, Beth. Yeah. I, um, I agree, it's a huge step forward for Franklin. Um, I know mm-hmm. it's not as far as we wanna go, but as Beth said, we have the master plan.
6: There's options to discuss further, so let's just not go yeah. nowhere. and I hope that that is really thought about thoroughly you get nothing or you get something so let's get something because we compromise on everything else we've done this is a good compromise let's just do something so you could say no to nothing or you can have something to start thank you uh,
4: Greg. i i just agree with that it's just it's a good stepping stone the staff put a lot of time and effort into it and that's it, that's based on all our comments, too, in all the meetings that we've had. So I think this is a great stepping stone for all of us. They've done a great job, but I think we move this forward. It can always get tweaked later on, but we have something to work with. Mm-hmm. And we can assess this as, as time goes as well. Gus will be the first guy to tell us. You know, we see an overage of, uh, in the first year, two years, in nothing for six, seven years. We don't know. But this is a great stepping stone to move forward. Thanks
0: to the staff. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, I think the staff did a lot of hard work. And as Jamie said, this is like their job. They have to deal with people every day. Um, and that's what I do, too. And it's not it hasn't really been that pleasant, I'll say. Um, <laughs> so, um, But one of the things that I love about the way Franklin does things is that we always reassess. We start. There's a step. Everything is OK. And then Gus is kind of like a parent. He says, "Okay, we're going to make it kind of restrictive to start, and then we'll loosen things up if, it, if we can do that." And I believe that we will get there because people might be afraid today about what this will do, but once they realize that it's not going to be, um, it's not going to be crazy. There's not going to be 300. It's going to be like the same amount. Then we can start to loosen it up. But it is a start, and um, and. I think we should think about think about that. Okay. Um, does anybody? Do you have any other comments? I but, could, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure.
10: They, they hear what you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not nothing. Provide some process that at least helps Chris assess uh, what is in front of him um, going through the process maybe that makes it a little easier for one or two people who might have otherwise been on the fence. Maybe they make that step. I just want to make sure. So I'll vote yes, but I want, I want to really just say my piece. Because mm-hmm. we're very good at patting ourselves back on the back for moving half an inch forward. It takes so, so, so long to even get here. It's not as easy as just, oh, we'll just tweak it later, right? This was already a year-long process. We have a, what a $7 million uh, pull in our budget. 5. We 7. have 5.7? <laughs> Deficit? It Depends on <laughs> yeah. in our, in our, Whatever. In, in the current proposal, it's not going to happen. But yeah. millions of dollars. Yeah hundreds of millions of dollars in infrastructure liability uh, backlog. We have uh, a housing crisis, an affordability crisis. The number one thing you hear from seniors at the senior center is so that they can't afford to live here anymore. The number one thing you hear from me and my peers is so they can't afford to live here anymore. What, we, what we're doing today and what we did before is adding so, barely making a dent in that. It's not something to be proud of. At some point, we need to have real solutions that actually take us forward. You can't say no to everything. You're, the, the town will just go to shit. And, and you guys won't be around for it, but I, I will. And that sucks. I, I need some sense that we're gonna start putting some real solutions together that actually add some revenue to the town, that actually add some livability to the town, that actually add some housing units that are affordable uh, for people at different price points to the town. We can move this forward, but it's barely doing anything. And I just hope that we recognize that. I I would just like to comment, Kobe, I feel very
6: sorry that you feel we're doing nothing to move things forward, because we are. We're doing a lot of work here, and this is making a difference. Lecture isn't taking kindly. Thank you, <clears throat> Council Sheridan. You have to tell us, to who the ship and when okay. a alive to be done. Okay. All right. Well. All right. That's enough. I and I
0: will be living here. <laughs> enjoy it and it. All right. All right. I think we should just take a vote. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've all said what we've had to say. Okay. Not all pleasant, but I understand. It's it's a very emotional thing. I'm sorry. Um. And, and I understand we we want to do things. We want to get things done. We want to use the staff's time, time efficiently because they do a lot of work for us. And we, we make them work every day, all day long. I think it's like 24-7. And um, I think we need to also keep that in mind. Thank you. So with that, I will take a roll call vote
2: to move
0: uh, the changes as
11: the, I don't think the, there's any changes.
0: No, I <laughs> meant the changes. That, that's <laughs> not what I meant. No. I meant like the, three the proposals. Uh, the three amendments. proposals. Three proposed bylaws. The three pro- proposed presented. bylaws amendment as um, presented. 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 Thank you. That was the word I was looking for. Thank you. Um, uh, Bruce. No. Beth. Yes. Greg. Yes. Kobe. Frangelo. Yes. Council Sheridan? Yes. Chair, yes. Motion carries on to the town council. Excellent. I think. I think I'm clapping. Usually people just
6: join in. Golf <laughs> yeah, clap. I mean, for I think, Chris, who's looking for a process and some I hurt. I hurt my hand today. I can't I can't <laughs> go out. <laughs>
1: This will help him get there, and yeah. the streamline, which will help Gus do his job, and then Brian, and be- them my way. I'm hopeful that Gus can work with Chris and others now, even while we wait for these to go through the hearing process. I'm sure that Gus can give Chris and his family some advice on how to move forward. Right, so, absolutely.
0: Thank okay, thank you everyone. Um, I heard a motion to adjourn. so because a second is non debatable. <laughs> All those <laughs> in favor, I, you I, roll call vote. I know. Yeah. I know. That's, that's what I meant. Roll call vote. Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dark Great. Great. Yes. dark hey. Great. Sheridan. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry, yeah.
11: Yes. Tondillo. Yes. Yeah. Chair, yes. Good
0: night, everybody.
12: We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio.